In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country. And when she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt within her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in, their thought, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy according to the promise He made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. So our text today is taken from Luke, one of several, but uh, one of two uh, birth narratives that we look at in particular over uh, the Christmas season. Luke and Matthew uh, kind of represent the, the whole story of Jesus' birth as we celebrate it around Christmas time. But uh, I do want to point out that Luke tells a birth story and Matthew tells a birth story. And they're very different from each other. And taken separately, they, they hold together kind of all on their own. They have their own... Uh, they have their own story to tell. And we find this wonderful song of Mary in the birth narrative of Luke. And I also want to say something about the purpose of these, uh, in both Matthew and Luke, the purpose of the birth narrative, the story of Jesus' birth. And it really represents kind of a nutshell preamble to the entire gospel story. Uh, in, in music, in, in the, if we were writing a symphony, we would do what's called an overture, which is basically a little snippet, a little taste of every piece of music in that. Or, for those of you who used to go to the movies long ago and they had the overture, like a Gone with the Wind, right? They play a little bit of every piece of music in the whole score of that whole movie right at the beginning uh, while you're finding your seat and getting your popcorn, right? Uh, but it's, uh, to, suffice it to say that the birth stories really are a nutshell telling of the entire gospel story. And so there's a little, a little taste of what the entire book of Luke is about in Luke's birth narrative. And uh, in this case, we come to Mary 
Here's another odd thing, is that, is that Mary is a central character in Luke's telling. Joseph is the central character in Matthew's story. But here is Mary, and if you were to read this, you would realize that Mary here is the one who's uh, in the center of everything. Joseph isn't even mentioned until the next chapter. And the angel Gabriel visits Mary and comes and tells her that she is with, tri- with child, which is, you know, bound to freak her out a little bit. And uh, she's a little bit disturbed by that. And, but I got to say, unlike in Matthew's text, where there's this, where there's a crisis, that is that Mary is betrothed to Matthew and she's found to be with child and, or not Matthew, I'm sorry, Joseph. Uh, she's bound to be with, you know, Joseph gets, is visited by the angel. And Joseph is told Mary is with child, which of course freaks Joseph out. And the, the crisis is, should Joseph keep Mary as his wife or go on to marry her later? And None of that exists in Luke's telling. The, the angel comes to Mary, and uh, Mary says, uh, now wait a minute, I'm, I'm a poor, unwed, you know, I don't even have a husband yet. Uh, she's not from an influential family. She is not royalty, and yet... Here's this angel telling her, Oh, you, the King of kings, the Prince of peace, the Savior of the world, that's your baby. And she says, Wait a minute. I'm a little shocked here. And she starts to explain, You know I'm a virgin, right? (laughs) You know, my mother explained how this works. And uh, that seems a little outside of what is normal. But I gotta say that the, there is a reason Luke uh, needs Mary to be a virgin, or or presents Mary as a virgin that goes beyond just the miraculous uh, thing of it. In fact, quite frankly, extraordinary birth stories are kind of the bread and butter of of famous people in the Bible and outside of the Bible. In, in the in the whole first century Roman world, there were tons of miraculous birth stories not the least of which was Octavian Octavian who later became Caesar Augustus the great Caesar Augustus supposedly his mother Atia had had relations I won't get into what that means but you know what I'm getting at right had relations with the god Apollo Apollo And so Apollo was the actual father of Octavian, who later became Caesar Augustus. Of course, this is a a later redacted story of myth. But given that the Caesar of the time when Jesus, when this story was being written, and the time when Jesus was born, given that Caesar's was born out of this miraculous experience this miraculous thing that took place how much more incredible is it that Yahweh the God of the Hebrew people the God of Israel and the creator of the universe when Jesus is born is born not in the same way people are born but born of a virgin and by the will of God's Holy Spirit so it's kind of a little one-upsmanship there oh you think Caesar's so cool Look at Jesus, <laughs> was born of a virgin, right? So it's kind of that elevating Jesus, who is Lord above Caesar, 
and where, who people were compelled to call Lord. See where we're going with all of that? So anyway, Jesus, uh, or Mary receives this news. She, she explains that she's a virgin. The, Gabriel says, that's all right, don't worry about that. And she says, oh, okay. And immediately her reaction is, first of all, she doesn't go tell Joseph in the Luke story, <laughs> which who can blame her, right? She's got to work through this kind of stuff. Immediately she goes to her favorite aunt, which is probably like three days away. She packs up. She goes, she's probably three months pregnant or so. She packs up and goes off to visit Elizabeth. And, oh, and Elizabeth, before she even gets a word out of her mouth, starts rejoicing. Starts rejoicing and just lavishing Mary with a little bit of love and affection and lavish Mary with rejoicing and how good this is. Helps put things in it's right place. You know, you all have that aunt, right? That wonderful person in your life who when, when you, it seems like your life is in the dumper, that they come along and they give you the right perspective that puts a, a positive spin on it and says, you know what? It's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. Here's Elizabeth doing that with Mary. It's going to be better than okay it's gonna be great you are blessed and it's only then it's only after elizabeth's affirmation that mary sings her song it's only then when she's able to articulate this wonderful which was probably already part of the liturgical life of the first century christian church this song that is recorded in luke mary's uh, magnificent. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God the Savior for He has looked with favor on the lowliest of His servants. It's a wonderful song on the lips of Mary that encapsulates for us the Gospel of Christ. Here, and it's a revolutionary thing. Look at the, what is she is saying here. This revolutionary thing that God is doing through the birth of this child to this nobody in this nowhere, nowhere town. She says God is scattering the proud, bringing down the rulers, sending the rich away empty and filling the hungry with good things, lifting up the humble and the lowly. In other words, God is turning the world we live in upside down and changing everything for us. And the rest of the Gospel of Luke shows us Jesus living out this revolution in His life and His ministry. In fact, the story that Jane shared with us today is later on in the text. And it is Jesus, it's John coming to Jesus not sure whether He's the Messiah or not because He's not the kind... You know, mainly because John's in jail, right? I'm in jail. This isn't quite the Messiah I was looking for. Here I am getting locked up. And ultimately, John loses his life before anything extraordinary happens. And he says, are you sure you're the Messiah? Send someone to ask him, are you sure you're the Messiah? And what does Jesus say? The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the lowly are lifted up. Exactly what Mary is trying to say in her beautiful song. Jesus reiterates to John and says, this is everything that we should expect from a Messiah and everything that we should expect 
in the kingdom of God. So what is it today that Luke is trying to convey to us in this story and in this song? The heart of the Gospel story, what Jesus represents to this hurt and broken world, what the incarnation of the fullness of God found in Jesus, born of Mary, is all about is liberation. It's liberation. It's about liberating those who are oppressed and enslaved from their bondage. No matter what that enslavement is, whether it be actual oppression and subjugation, which i got to say still happens today, unfortunately, or enslavement to money and affluence, enslavement to some kind of addiction we may have, enslavement to whatever it is that's holding us back, enslavement by a society that doesn't accept us for who we are, enslavement by all of those things, our own self-loathing sometimes. Jesus came to liberate us from those shackles that hold us back from experiencing what John 10.10 promises, a full and abundant life filled with joy. It's about liberating us from our guilt, freeing us from the sins we think we cannot be forgiven of, giving us a path of transformation from death into new life. It's about taking away the shame and replacing it with joy. Amen? It's about liberating us from fear, from powerlessness. The people who read this text, the world into which Jesus was born was filled with God's people who were under the control of of Rome and under the control of people who had power and affluence and influence and their lives were not their own and here comes Jesus here we are told that God is giving control of your life back it's your life again better than that it's the life that God intended for you all along. And what that meant was that they had to begin to see what that meant for people who were oppressed by Rome. It was that they had to begin to see that life was more than just what was happening to them right now. And it was more than what was right in front of them. And that, that has expanded their view from the world they lived in to the kingdom of God. To a place where soldiers could not take away who they were. They could kill them. They could lock them up. They could shackle them. They could oppress them. But they didn't live in this world. They lived in the kingdom of God. And the hope of that, the reality of that living in the kingdom of God has been with people who've been oppressed throughout the ages. Throughout the ages. I think of our own situation where African Americans, 
Africans were brought from their own home to this place to sweat and toil to build this country. And what did they turn to? What did they sing about? The kingdom of God. And even though life was not in control of themselves, they sang and held on to the kingdom of God. For they were citizens not of this world, but of a different world. My point is this, is that we find ourselves, we don't have to wait to be literally enslaved. We don't have to wait to be oppressed by a government or by a people. We've all felt that sense of not being in control of our own destiny. We've all felt trapped and shackled and held back and held down by things that are outside of ourselves. And the Gospel message that comes to us not only in Mary's song, but in the whole entirety of the Gospel is that that is not the life God has in store for you. And that is not the reality you have to live in. God has said, choose the kingdom of God. Liberate yourself. Get out. There is a path. You know, I don't, I don't want everyone to run out and quit their job tomorrow, necessarily. But how many of us are in an ugly, nasty, dead-end job that we hate? You shouldn't be spending eight hours a day or more doing something you hate. Is that really what God wants for us? What has God called you to? And what's the path from where I am now to getting there? That's the kingdom of God. And God wants to put us on that path in our careers, choosing what we're going to spend half of our life doing. God wants you to find joy in our relationships how difficult it is when you're in a relationship and it's going nowhere and you feel trapped and you feel shackled and you feel like there is no hope of repairing it or fixing it. God has not meant for our relationships to be that way. And there is a path out of that oppressive situation into one that is filled with joy. Either by coming to a a nurturing relationship or moving on to a relationship that does give you joy. God wants for you and for me joy and fulfillment and that full and abundant life. And it begins by acknowledging that the world we live in does not want that for us. Well... And so we must be citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen? We must be citizens of the kingdom of God where the lowly are lifted up, where those who are hungry are fed and filled, 
where those who oppress are brought down and those who are in affluence and hold the, us under their thumb are pushed away. We are brought into the fullness of grace and love and joy and mercy within the kingdom of God. That is the gospel message in a nutshell. And it is the song that Mary sings at the birth of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, so many things come into our lives to oppress us, to shackle us, to enslave us, and to make us feel like we are not in control of our own lives. May we, God, give ourselves over not to this world, but to the kingdom of God that You proclaim. To the kingdom of God that You heralded in at Your birth and all that it represents. And may we bring that same kingdom of God to a hurt and broken world. We thank You for all that Christmas is and the joy that comes from remembering all that You are and all that You do. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.